0: Join the BD team in Columbus, Nebraska. We're hiring for multiple positions with sign-on bonus eligibility. Our comprehensive benefits plan starts for all employees on their first day, including low- or no-cost insurance plans for select positions, career growth opportunities, and more. BD is made for what's next in health and your career. Apply today at jobs.bd.com. That's jobs.bd.com. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is DeAndre Nicolette and I'm the host of Manifest Daily. If you're new here, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here tuned in listening to your first ever episode of Manifest Daily. I really hope you like it. I hope you enjoy the vibe. So I hope you stick around. And of course, if you're an OG listener, hey girl, hey, hey boy, hey, what's poppin', what's good? I'm so excited to have you here back tuned in for another episode of Manifest Daily. So my loves, as you guys are listening to this, you may be able to hear. In my voice I'm just like a little bit low energy oh my gosh I said that and y'all are gonna hate me as soon as I said that as soon as I said that I just felt myself getting teary-eyed you guys um it has been a really just emotional day and I feel like Yes, part of it is hormones because as you may or may not know, I track my cycle in an app called Flow. Love that app. I've just left my ovulation phase and I'm entering my, I think it's pronounced luteal or luteal phase. And I don't know, like I I was just struggling emotionally today. So As I currently record, it's Sunday and I had so many plans for like running errands, cleaning my house, doing all this stuff. And I was able to get to the gym and I was able to clean today. But then the rest of the day, I found myself crawling back into bed and watching rom-coms and pretty much like having my shades drawn all day. It was definitely very much of like a isolated, solitude, low energy type of day. It was super gloomy here. Today. There was no sun. It looked like it was going to rain all day. It didn't, but it looked like it. It was just a really tough day. And I posted on Instagram. If you follow me on Instagram at The Manifesto, you probably, you might, you may or may not remember this at this point, but I posted something where I was just sort of outlining like what I do or what I did today because of the fact that I was having a tough day. So I talked about how I had mustered up the energy to go to the gym because for the past couple days, I've just been feeling so low and so exhausted and so burnt out and tired emotionally, spiritually, physically that I just haven't made it to the gym. And today I had just enough energy to get myself to the gym and I did that. I talked about how I journaled a little bit, not necessarily for trying to fix the way that I was feeling, but more so for documenting it for having a place to vent for having a place to write down what I was feeling what I was experiencing and acknowledging it as I work through it I talked about how I had to spend the day and I'm still in that state mentally of giving myself grace because I think sometimes when you're in a really low energy low vibe space you can often want to push yourself to get up and feel better and and be happy and just you you don't want to feel like that right you don't want to feel sad you don't want to feel sucky and especially if you have things that have to get done so maybe you have to get to work maybe you have to take care of your kids maybe you have schoolwork to get done whatever the case is like if you have stuff that you have to do and you're feeling low vibe low energy sad whatever the case is it can often feel like You just want it to go away so you can get your stuff done. And it feels very intrusive. It feels very annoying. It feels very unproductive. It feels just like a wrench in the plans. Of course, you know, we don't sit around wanting to feel this way. But yeah, it was just a really tough, emotional day. And I had this whole plan to like film a YouTube video. I was going to do like a Sunday reset vlog. Um, I was going to record this episode, which, you know, I... I'm recording now because I actually spent the last two hours watching a rom-com on Netflix. Probably not the best. Thing to watch when you're not in like a very actually you no know, it it actually wasn't too bad I watched the rom com it was the holiday like the 20, 2006 version the one with like who was it Cameron Diaz and I think Kate Winslet and I watched that and y'all I was like sobbing the entire movie like every time the violin started playing every time there was like a really cute moment something romantic or something sad that would happen your girl was crying your girl was in tears it was very cathartic and I think I needed that because sometimes. When I'm in a state like this, I find it hard sometimes to cry. And I think it's because I'm so used to powering through. Um, I'm so used to powering through with my emotions to being strong, to, you know, feeling it and being like, okay, I have to compartmentalize those feelings because I have things to do. And I feel like this eclipse season, this particular season, because I think a lot of it also has to do with the eclipse. If you are not familiar, we had a I believe it was a partial lunar eclipse on November 19th which as a Taurus because I believe the eclipse was in Taurus I listen y'all that eclipse did not come to play okay that eclipse did not come to play I've been feeling literally just so tired so much so like there are emotions that I maybe haven't processed fully and that this is the time. Like I need to process them. I need to to shed them almost. So it's like it's not necessarily that I haven't healed, but it's like, you know, when you kind of it's almost like there's a scab on a wound and it's like the wound is healed, but there's kind of like a little bit of a flake left and you kind of got to just like brush it away. You know, you got to kind of like pick it off. <laughs> um And I feel like that's what I've been feeling. And I it was just a really tough day. So um, I didn't really do anything all day. I spent the day in bed, I went to get some ice cream and I came back. I watched the movie. It's just, it's been a tough day. But as soon as I finished the movie, I was about to get ready for bed. And then I was sitting here and I was like, you know what? I feel like I really want to record the Q&A. I know I'm not, you know in a super high energy mood. I'm sure I'll get into it a little bit more as I answer some of these questions. But I also think that one of the things that you guys resonate with the most is that I do show up in vulnerable states when I feel comfortable to do so, of course, and that you resonate with that. And I think sometimes I can feel really like embarrassed when I get sad or um, I'm personally struggling because sometimes I'm like, No one wants to hear how much you're struggling. Um, No one wants to hear how sad you are. Here we are. (laughs) Here we are. But then I also remember that it's like when you're in that space yourself and when you're in like that low point or that low energy place, it is helpful to hear when someone has been there and you can see that they have been in that place and they've like managed to pull themselves out of that or they have been in that space and it eventually came to an end and they're in a better place now so I think it is like you know it's always an up and down journey but I do feel like there is a positive message to be shared when I can be going through something and if I have the the nudge to share with you or if i have the urge to kind of like tell you how i'm navigating that i think there's something to be um there it's it's a positive moment i feel like i can't speak right now but it is a positive moment only because i know that sometimes when you're going through this kind of stuff you feel really alone even though you can have friends and family and a partner or whatever it can often feel like you're really alone it just helps if you know that someone else out there is navigating a similar situation as you and we're sort of like exchanging kind words and advice. So so yeah, my loves. But anyways, I wanted to just explain that a little bit because if I sound a little bit more low energy than usual... That's kind of why, but I really hope it doesn't take away from this episode because I'm so excited actually to be doing this q and A. I asked you guys on Instagram just randomly. I think I always had these random nudges to be like, let's do a and a And I asked y'all on Instagram, you know, sending questions, pretty much anything goes. And I love these because the questions are always so beautifully varied. And I feel like we always get into some really good conversation. I intended to originally record this as a video episode, like a video podcast, but clearly, you know... D- it's it's not giving that right now. It's not giving that. I'm in my bonnet. I have no pants on. Girl is like, my nose is snotty from like crying all day. So we're, we're, we're just not going to do that. But I do think that it's still going to be juicy and stuff regardless. So my friends, let's go ahead and get into today's Q&A episode. Of course, grab your beverage of choice. Listen, whatever you're drinking, I hope it's delicious, whether it's the water, the tequila. I need to take a sip of my water personally because I truly have not been hydrating enough all day so I'm gonna pause for a second and do that but grab your beverage of choice and let's go ahead and get into this Q&A and of course if you're not following me on Instagram I would love if you could that's obviously if you use Instagram because I know a lot of people don't use Instagram but yeah follow me if you want we do Q&A's and stuff over there I'm always posting like random stuff y'all so you know where to find me it's linked in the in the show notes I don't say in the bio girl it's in the show notes anywho let's go ahead and get into this Q&A OK, so let's go ahead and get into these. The first one actually isn't a question. Someone said that they love the podcast. They're so grateful for my love and energy. And they are from Saudi Arabia, which is so like I am truly humbled. I think that is amazing. So hello. I think your the way you pronounce your name is Arwa. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Hello, Arwa. Thank you so much for sending in the good vibes, the good love. I'm glad you enjoyed the podcast. Okay, shout out to you. Okay. So thank you. And I feel like, again, super humbling that the podcast is reaching so many different places in this world. And I'm really grateful to you guys that tune in and listen. So the next one that we have is dating and high standards. Oh, This is gonna have to be a whole episode on its own because y'all not about to have me out here rambling, okay? I might just ramble, but but this is, I feel like this needs to be its own episode. I could speak for days on this. So I actually posted a story about this as well the other day and I'm gonna tell y'all the story if you don't follow me on Instagram and maybe miss this story. So I went to the nail salon the other day and this is related to the question I promise okay. So I went to the nail salon the other day and I was getting my nails done and like the ladies in there were giving me so many compliments. I was feeling myself okay. I walked in there. Girl I was in biker shorts, a random crew neck and and my makeup was just like it was the end of the day type makeup. You feel me? But it was it was all these compliments for us. So I was feeling myself or whatever. And this one woman who was doing my nails she was like oh um what did she say? She goes do you have have a boyfriend. So I said, "No." She she goes, "Oh, you're single." I'm like, "Yeah." And then she goes, "Are you like what is it? Are you picky?" And I found myself feeling away. I found myself feeling away, and I ended up responding to her and saying, "Yes, I'm I am picky." I said to her, "You know, the person that you choose to settle down with, whether that be just like a long-term commitment, whether that be marriage, that person Like that choice to do that with a person is one of the biggest choices that you make in your life. Marriage specifically, if we're going to talk about marriage, because I do intend to get married. Marriage affects so many different facets of our lives, our finances, our assets. Because think about it, you get married, it's bank accounts, it's money getting mixed up with somebody else. Y'all are buying property together. You are literally birthing, if you choose to do so, whole human beings with another individual. Like whole like you can't you can't have a child and decide to, to to turn back. It's that's a lifelong commitment right there, right? So if we're taking into account all of the different things that marriage specifically involves The choice of who you intend to marry and who you marry and settle down with, all those things, that is a really important decision. It can literally change the trajectory of your entire life. And I'm not saying that to be dramatic. Like, I mean that, like, for real, for real. Like, it can literally change the trajectory of your entire life. And so when people make comments about, you know, are you picky or this or that or whatever, it is really, I think, almost in some ways infuriating um, because it, it's something where it's like, yes, as a woman and as a man, if you're listening as well, anyone, any one of us should be selective with who we choose to get into long term relationships with. If that is our goal to to, again, have long term relationships, marriage, etc we should be selective and I think that there is there's so many different like factors that play into I think the pressures that we place on women specifically heterosexual women going into relationships because of the fact that there is like you know the biological factors of age and children and things like that and then there's also the way that I think society views men and women in heterosexual relationships differently I feel like with men it's encouraged for them to kind of be the ones you can date around and do all these different things things and then settle down a little bit later in life and be the bachelors and all that good stuff because they can have kids whenever. They they don't never stop having kids if they don't want to. But with women, it's like we have that biological clock, right? We have that that timeline and so we have this pressure around us where it's like the more we age, the more people are looking to us as if it's like okay, well why aren't you settling down? Why aren't you getting married? Why are not you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? And I want to say it is important to keep your high standards. Like, I don't... I, like... When I tell y'all, listen, as much as it, it, I I really would love, I really can't speak right now because I, I just get real fired up about this topic, but as much as I would love to be in a relationship right now, like y'all a little bit thirsty, but I would love to be in a relationship right now, but, but here's the thing, the streets is rough. I say that, I say that all the time because personally, I have met a lot of really great guys out here in Dallas, but there's also like meeting great people and meeting someone who's good for you. There's a difference as well between settling and compromising on your standards. Like certain things I think you can compromise on with a partner and you could still have a very successful relationship. And there are certain things where you you should be able to be a little bit more open-minded, a little bit more flexible. But there are certain things like I talked about in the Dayton episode where you have to stand firm in your values. You have to stand firm in your standards. And I honestly do not advocate for settling. I don't because, at the end of the day, I have found in situations where I was impatient and I settled for something that was good enough at the time, something that I thought I could tolerate years or months or whatever down the road I found myself regretting that because I found myself in a place where I had put in time and energy into something that was never gonna work it was never gonna work for me because my ambitions my standards my view of what I wanted was so different than what I had settled for so if we talking about dating, if we talking about high standards, keep your high standards. Keep them high. Don't let anyone sit here and tell you your standards are too high. If again, there again, you know, there's a difference between settling and compromise, and you got to figure out like what are the things that you are willing to basically go to war for when it comes to your dating life, and what are the things that you can compromise a little bit on. I'll give y'all one example. So, I like me tall men. Okay? I'm I'm I have long legs. I'm pretty tall. Well, I'm 5'6", but you know, I look tall. And I wear heels a lot like all the time. And so typically I will go for taller men, but the other day I actually went on a date with a guy who was my height and that's something I would never have done in the past. Like, if you would have been like, Deandra, you won't go out with this man. He's five, six. I would have been like, girl, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, but I was like, let me go on this date because we were having a good conversation. He was a gentleman, all these things. And you know, I don't know if it's going anywhere, girl. I don't think so. But, but my point is that I compromise on something like height, because if I think about what I want in a partner, if I think about how I want my children to be raised, what type of relationship I want them to observe and to mirror in their, in their future relationships, things like that, height isn't necessarily a end all be all. Someone's height does not correlate with how they are as a person their personality how they treat me things like that so that's something where I as I've grown older I've come to become way more flexible on that simply because I'm looking for a man I'm not looking for no little boy out here and so height isn't you know isn't a standard for me it granted you know god six four please but but at Listen, if he's a little shorter, it's okay. It will be okay. So keep the high standards. I say don't let anyone tell you, you know, to lower your standards. And and that's that. I don't have anything else to say on. I mean, I have stuff to say, but we ain't going to keep this going, girl. But, yes, I would say – yes high standards keep them high okay period someone said how to combat negativity in the mind daily oh this is oh this can be a tough one I won't even lie to y'all this could be a tough one I would say the biggest thing would be catching the thoughts um we have so many thoughts I don't even know the number but we have so many thoughts in any given day and the thing is When we're having all these thoughts, often the negative thoughts can creep in without you even knowing. So you can find yourself berating yourself, talking down to yourself, saying really mean comments to yourself without you even knowing because it's sort of on this like autopilot mode, the way that you're talking to yourself. So I would say the biggest thing when it comes to combating negativity within your own mind is to be conscious of what you are thinking of. Now, that I can't, we can't think uh, or we can't be conscious of. Every single thought, all the time. I think, you know, there are thoughts that creep in. Like, think of it when you're like driving and your mind is floating from a bunch of different things to a bunch of different things. And sometimes you don't even know what the hell you would think about five minutes ago because your mind is on something else. So it can be really hard. But I would say just try to be conscious of the actual negative thoughts that are coming in. Allow yourself to reframe them. I know that I personally have a tendency to whenever I feel like I'm falling behind, or whenever I feel like I'm just not doing enough, I can get down real hard on myself. And I have a tendency to, you know, say negative things sometimes. And I will catch myself in those spirals, like very early on in the spiral. And I'll have to be like, okay, you know, maybe you didn't get everything done on the to-do list, Deandre, but did you get the main things done? Or did you get at least one thing done? Or you've been going for a long time, you've been working really hard, like you deserve a period of rest. This doesn't mean you're, lazy this doesn't mean you don't deserve the things that you're working towards like you've just been working hard like you need to rest how do you expect to you know do all these things if you never take a rest so allow yourself to be more conscious of the thoughts that are going through your head on a daily basis and when you do find that you are about to enter like a negative thought spiral, like catch those thoughts and reframe them. Oftentimes those negative thoughts and the way that you're talking to yourself in a bad way, they're like very much based in emotions and not necessarily based on facts. They're based on, you know, not concrete things. So how can you reframe the thoughts to focus on the facts and acknowledge like what is actually happening around you versus speaking negatively to yourself because you feel a way, if that makes sense. I hope that was helpful. Uh, yeah. (laughs) So the next question is 2022 planning, where to start categorizing goals, personal versus career. So I feel like a really good episode for you to listen to would be my big goals episode. Even though it's not framed as a 2022 only goals episode, I am talking about goals for the next 16 months. So I was talking about like the last half of uh, 2021 and also the full year of 2022. So I love to break up goals personally into different categories it just helps me to compartmentalize I have like fitness and wellness goals I have business goals finance goals and then other goals sometimes they'll be like reading or book goals in there I would say if you're in a relationship I also would highly recommend adding in relationship goals especially things like you know making sure you have like certain date nights or make sure you're checking in with your partner just things like that so yeah I would say categorize the goals on like those high levels that way you could break it up into what you want to do for the full year and then break that into to month by month i also have an episode called i think it's called Gold digger where i talk about setting smart goals and that is a super super helpful episode it'll help you to basically figure out how to set like goals that are achievable how to set smart goals there's a whole acronym girl i don't remember all the letters right now but i would say check that episode out it's really good and when it comes to goals, I usually like to start with just the bigger vision of where I see myself at by the end of the year, which is sometimes hard to see. But if you have sort of like an idea of where you want to be at the end of the year or even at the end of like six months or something like that, start there and then work backwards in terms of creating your goals. But those episodes, I think, will be super helpful. I also may do another goal episode at the start of 2022, like again, going over some of my goals, maybe like a mid-goal or not even a goal. it would be like a third of the way goal check-in for you guys and just like how I am preparing or how like basically how I'm restructuring what I'm doing as I head into 2022 to achieve the goal so I might do an episode like that I think would be super helpful but the episodes I mentioned earlier would be really really good for you to take a look at or take a take a listen to for goals specifically so another question says starting content I'm so scared slash busy with my two part-time jobs listen I'm gonna say what everybody always says it's the cliche thing you just gotta start like you literally just have to decide you're gonna start let me tell you something right now everybody is busy every single person is busy people are juggling jobs people are juggling kids people are juggling school listen people are juggling just mental health like prioritizing their mental health their well-being all that good stuff now I will say if you really have like a certain goal with your content then if your goal is to get to a certain place with that content, whether it be like making it your job or whatever, you know, your goal is like, that's obviously gonna be very specific to you, you are just going to have to decide and commit to that specific goal. I think when it comes to content creation, and when it comes to creating content and balancing other things in your life, it is a little difficult, I won't even lie to you, like it is a little difficult, there's going to be a lot of prioritizing the content on some days over things like maybe going out or trying to figure out your schedule and juggling things in a different way so you can make content consistently you may have to start out where you're not necessarily doing it like once a week but maybe it's like once every two weeks or once a month until you find that rhythm and then you can uh up the cadence from there but essentially there is no no like Secret to starting. You just have to start. Like, you literally just have to take that leap and start. I think another thing that stops people is like the fear of what are people going to think or negative comments or things like that. Listen, if you always sit and worry about what other people are going to think, you're never going to do what you want in this life because people always got something to say. Let me say something. People always got something to say. Because I even remember, like, there would be times where I used to post like YouTube videos and stuff, and I would have family members who would be like, Why is she putting this stuff on the internet, stuff like that? Listen, if I would have listened to those people, granted, my YouTube ain't big or nothing like that, but I'm still continuing with it. It's like, if I would have let those comments stop me, where would I be? I would be somewhere wishing that I hadn't let those comments stop me. So whatever you want to do with your content, just start. And even if it's just for fun, even if you're like, I want to see if I like this thing, you're not going to really know if you like it or you're not going to be able to like figure out if you like it until you actually start put your foot in the water test it out and keep it going for a little bit to see how you feel about it that is going to be my advice like this is your sign okay I know you listen to this episode right now so this is your sign go ahead make your little content calendar go ahead and do what you have to do because like you got to do it okay you just got to do it you just got to take the leap take the jump and start the thing Okay. someone else said, could we talk about making smart decisions that seem like setbacks, like moving back with and it cut off and I'm assuming that's going to say moving back with your parents. So I would say whatever decision is smart for you in your specific journey, make that decision, like do that thing. I think that we are always looking at other people and measuring our success against other people's like journey and timeline and you know we're all guilty of this I talk about this all the time about the comparison basically looking at other people and being like oh they got this or they're doing this and I'm not doing that I'm not doing this so you just gotta realize that your journey is unique to you like no one else has your specific challenges your specific trials and tribulations and no one is gonna have your specific like success as well like the way that you experience success for you is going to look different because Because obviously your definition of success is going to look different and all that good stuff so when we're talking about something like a setback is it a setback to you or is it a setback to society because I feel like people talk about moving back in with your parents as like a bad thing and let me tell you something right now when I was contemplating moving back to Boston or moving to Dallas a big part of why I didn't move back to Boston is honestly because like living at home with my parents for me wasn't a it wasn't a great environment for me to be in mentally and spiritually and emotionally. It was a little bit of a toxic household. It was a little bit of a toxic environment for me personally and that's what I mean by not safe. My parents are great people but personally I do feel like being in that household was really really emotionally and mentally taxing. So I didn't move back because I contemplated it because moving back with my parents would have allowed me to save so much money like the rent that I'm paying now if I could have saved that money for a year like that would have been a nice chunk of savings but I'm instead I'm paying rent so I'm grateful for having being able to pay rent being able to have a place to live however I will say that you know if I would have had the option to move back with my parents and have it be you know really um healthy environment I would have absolutely heavily considered that so when we're talking talking. talking about setbacks it's like is it a setback to you or is it a setback to society if we're talking about moving back home with your parents like if you're able to do that and feel safe have it be not toxic be able to do what you got to do um still work and be able to like have the support of your parents I would absolutely say to do that I think that when I was younger a lot of my like rush to get out of my parents household was because of the fact that it was just it was a really um, hard place to live in emotionally and mentally. And that's why I really wanted to get out. Like I actually it, it wasn't anything but that because I did like being able to save more money being in their house. I did like that. I had like, you know, I had like a little space to myself downstairs and things like that. So I did like that. But it was just really hard to live there. Um, but if you can do that, I feel like you should do that because at the end of the day, if that's going to allow you to get further ahead in your journey in the ways that you want to, it's absolutely worth it. There are people that move back in with their parents, they save up a bunch of money next, you know, when they move out, instead of moving into an apartment, they're building a house because they've been able to save so much money. Or there are people that, you know, they move in with their partner into their parents' house and they're able to save up for like a really nice wedding thing. Or they have like that support of their parents. So I feel like if you have, The support of your parents if it's a healthy environment if it's something where you know the only thing really causing you to overthink it is the fact that you're afraid that it's going to be seen as a setback in society I would say do it because if it's not a setback to you if it's going to allow you to move forward with other goals that you have then that's going to allow you to move forward with other goals that you have like you should be paying attention to your specific goals and what you want to do and if that is what it takes for you to achieve your goals in a more efficient way I would absolutely say to do it and you know anyone that wants to judge anyone for living at home with their parents at like a certain age I feel like I don't even like that discourse is just old to me it's whack it don't make no sense it's like no no like let's just let's stop equating um living at home with your parents at older ages to like bad things because it's not necessarily bad things always, especially if you're doing it for a smart financial reason. with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. Okay. So the next question is leaving a relationship, job or friendship that doesn't serve you. All right. So we talk about this all the time. So you got to do what you got to do. You have to do what you have to do. And it is definitely hard. I think especially when it comes to a relationship and a friendship, sometimes a job, I think it can be, it's harder in a different way with a job it might be hard because of like the financial reasons especially if you are you know going to a different job that doesn't pay as much or things like that you're considering other factors like more of like that stability factor when it comes to a friendship and a relationship and leaving a friendship or relationship where someone doesn't deserve you your energy your company whatever that's a little bit harder because I feel like even if we feel like someone doesn't deserve us we can still love that person and people don't talk about that enough like leaving a relationship where you love the person but you know that you deserve better that is one of the hardest things to do so if that is something that you are going through right now kudos to you for having the courage to even contemplate that because I feel like sometimes people will look at something like love and be like, well, I love the person, so I should stay with them. Or I love the person, but I so I should stay friends with them. Or um, I love the people at my job, so I should stay here. But if that job, that friendship, that relationship isn't nurturing you in the way that you need it to, if you know, if you literally know intuitively, like in your heart of hearts, like your deep soul core you, that it is not for you, you you have to let go. It is something where you can hold on to it. And what I have found in past situations is when I've chosen to hold on to the job, to the person, to whatever. I, over time, I feel myself like deteriorating. Like I feel parts of me, like I feel the light within me dimming. And I think if you allow yourself to stay in those situations when you intuitively know that you have outgrown it, your light will dim. You will notice that you don't feel like yourself anymore. You will be doing it. You'll be living your life like regular, but you won't feel like yourself anymore. And so you'll have to let go. Like you'll get to a point where it's either you're going to have to choose between you and that relationship, you and that friendship, you and that job. And you should always choose yourself like you should always choose you because no job, friendship, relationship, even family relationship is worth you basically like feeling like your soul is dying. It's 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 not worth it. It's just not worth it. Like it's not. It is hard. It's definitely something where if you have come to that point where you know you need to make that decision definitely like prep yourself in any way that you need to prep yourself like you know that might look like having conversations with close friends and family about your decision that might look like journaling it out that might look like prepping yourself financially saving money whatever you need to do start to prepare yourself and get ready to leave that situation because at the end of the day like it It really will just dim your light if you don't allow yourself to leave. Okay, next question is handling family stress from states away. It depends on what we're talking about, right? If we're talking about family stress where it's like it's like family stuff where you have a really big part to play in whatever is going on. I think that can be tough. It might mean that you might have to like go home wherever home is for a little bit to like handle whatever business you got to handle. Another thing that this could look like or sound like is if your family is going through something and then there are people that are telling you about what is going on. It's almost like gossip a little bit where people are telling you like, oh, this is happening and this person's doing this and this is happening. And it really like low key, high key has nothing to do with you, but people are chirping in your ear and filling you in on things and you're, you're states away trying to live your life, trying to, you know, do what you got to do. And you feel like you're being sucked into family drama, family stress when you are miles away. I would say that's like probably a space where you have to set a certain boundary. Um, you might have to, cause I, I I personally had to do that. And that has looked like, I remember being in college and having conversations with certain family members where I was like at college on campus granted I did go to school in the same city that I was from in um, the United States but I was still you know away from home and I would have sometimes people calling me and telling me about certain you know arguments or certain things that were happening and it was stressful to me because it's like this isn't my business this isn't I don't need to know about this and it's like I'm here having a good old day you know at school and then it's like I get a phone call and I'm dragged into something that I have no part being uh, like in I got to a space where I had to set a boundary and that's what you might have to do is setting a boundary and saying like hey I know this is like a, a thing that's happening within the family or I know this is a thing that's happening between you and this other person but I would appreciate if you're not coming to me and telling me all the details of what's going on because I don't need to know the details of what's going on, feel me? So it might just have to look like you setting a boundary of like having people only tell you the things that you need to know, the things that concern you, the things where you need to get involved and if it's something where someone's having an argument with someone else or something's going on it's between other people but they're just coming to you to sort of drag you in as that person to pick sides like you just have to set that boundary and be like I don't want to be a part of this because it's stressing me out I'm over here trying to live my life in this state trying to do what I got to do and I feel like I'm being dragged into this drama and I don't want to be a part of it so that's what I would say if it's the other one where it's more so like it does involve you. And it's just, like, really, really stressful. You're trying to deal with it from miles away. Depending on what it is, like, you might just have to go home. And I know that can be difficult, especially if you – work in person and you don't necessarily work remotely or you have a bunch of things that are going on in your new home state but if you can take some some time off or even like I know with the holidays coming up like there is more time off available for like the specific holidays but just taking some time to go home and deal with whatever you got to deal with and just sort of like zip it up tie it up neatly so you can go back to your new home state and not necessarily feel super stressed about what's going on with your family back at home. Oh, y'all, I didn't realize we had so many questions, honey. We just got through one screenshot. <laughs> I'm over here taking breaks, drinking my water, but I'm really enjoying this. I'm really enjoying this. So hopefully you guys are too. All right. So the next one, next question. Someone asked, how did you start your podcast programs, editing, uploading, mic info, etc." So with my podcast, I literally just started. Like I'm someone where if I want to do something, like I get in this like, mode where I'm just like researching everything like I want to consume all the information I'd be like thirsty for the information so um, I remember it was like the top of the year I literally can't remember what year it was I think it was like two years ago now but at the top of the year I was actually at Monica's house my best friend and we had gone out the night before and then we woke up and that day I had printed out this planner I made for us and I was like let's plan out our goals for the year and one of my things was I wanted to start a podcast and so literally that's where it started I was like at her house on her bed we were planning and I was like at the time it's gonna be the DeAndre Nicolette podcast. I said I'm gonna do I think I said episodes two times a week. I was like I just wanna talk. I wanna talk about all these different topics and that's it. And then I did it. I literally recorded one day I bought a mic off Amazon my first mic. I think it was just like a random like twenty five dollar mic off Amazon. I think I was still using Adobe for my editing. So I use Adobe audition for my editing but if you have a Mac you can use GarageBand. I believe there's a program called Audacity that I've heard of that is completely free. So there's a lot you can use. I think some people even use iMovie or Final Cut to edit. Like you could literally look around for programs depending on like what you're already familiar with and what you have on your computer. And I just recorded something. I made my cover art in Canva. It was a picture of me. It it just said DeAndre Nicolette podcast. And I literally submitted to Apple. That was like the first place that I had to submit it to. And yeah, and at the time I didn't have like a like a uh, podcast host so now I I'm in a podcast network so my network that I work with they host my show but at the time I was using Squarespace for my website and I still am using Squarespace for my website hopefully there'll be a sponsor one day period but I was just uploading my episodes to Squarespace and actually Squarespace would push my episode out to like Apple Spotify all the places so it's one of those things where like You just have to kind of do the research on it. If you want to start a podcast, just like at this point, I think a lot of people are starting podcasts. So there's way more information available than probably what was available to me back then. But even back then, it was like a lot of information. So I would just say like, if you want to start one, just start one, put it out there One of the things I always tell people though, when it comes to podcasting is podcasting is a long game. And what that means is if you, okay, for example, y'all know a lot of people are getting on TikTok right now because TikTok is known as that app where it's easy to go viral. If you post on TikTok consistently for a short-ish duration of time, you're like more likely to go viral on TikTok than on Instagram than like anywhere else, right? And for example, with YouTube, like with YouTube, if you post consistently for a while, you have like really good thumbnails, you have like really good content, you have like really good keywords in your content, you might have a video pop off, right? Podcast is not like that. Podcast is a very different world. And when I initially started, after a while, I had gotten a business coach. And I remember working with this business coach and we were talking about, did I want to be on podcast or did I want to be on YouTube? And we went back and forth. And the pros and cons between the two are very, like, you know, black and white. And one of the things that we landed on was, like, with YouTube – It would be easier to be discoverable because people go on YouTube and think about it this way. YouTube is not social media. YouTube is actually a search engine. Same way that Pinterest is a search engine, YouTube is a search engine. Or like you search random things like, you know, vlogs or whatever, like um, Vlogtober or whatever you're searching and you'll find content that has those keywords. Podcast isn't necessarily like that because you might search, but you'll find more so like the title of the show versus like what's in the show I know that's changing a lot now that these companies are investing in podcasts but yeah so with um when I was working with the coach like it was one of those things where we talked about this and it was like if I keep going with the podcast it is a long game it's something where if you start a podcast I would say this is going to sound so cliche, but you you do have to love it because it is one of those things where unless you already have like a really big audience, like you're a celebrity or you have like a big audience somewhere else and you bring them over to your podcast, it takes time to grow. It just takes time to grow. Like it just does. That's the way it, there's no set algorithm because the podcast is on different platforms. It's not like everything is on YouTube or everything is on TikTok. It's like there's Spotify that works differently than Apple. that works differently than Google that works differently than like a Stitcher, like they're different mediums. You feel me? So it is a little bit different. And I would say like, if like, just evaluate like why you want to do it and what you want to do it for. And if you're just like, I really just want to sit here and talk. Cause I was like, girl, I just want to talk. I be talking to myself all the time I said look at least let me record it <laughs> you know what I'm saying so if that's kind of how you're feeling about it I would say absolutely start it and then just like look up just like how to start a podcast or like how to get my podcast on apple how to get my podcast on spotify etc and yeah there's so many so many resources out there so hopefully that helps <laughs> And then let's see, someone asked or someone said, I love everything you're doing. How do you manage to stay so consistent with it all? So I did kind of answer this a little bit on Instagram stories, but I did mention in the story that I was going to also answer this on the podcast episode. But what I will say is the same thing I said on that story is that it is it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard because I'm juggling so many different things. And what that means is sometimes I slip up on certain things. Sometimes I feel like at my nine to five, I'm not as present as I could be because, you know, I'm thinking about podcast stuff, or sometimes with the podcast, it's like I feel like the content isn't as good as it could be because I'm more present on my nine to five, more present with my nine to five that week or whatever the case is. So it feels like a seesaw sometimes. I will also say one thing I mentioned in the answer on Instagram as well is that one of the things that's helped me like, I guess manage this stuff as best I can up until this point is the fact that I don't really have much of a social life here in Dallas. And I naturally am kind of like a loner. I kind of like spend a lot of time by myself anyways. It is really hard sometimes. I get like kind of lonely sometimes here because I usually I'm the type of person where I'm a bit of a loner. But like at least in Boston, like when I was feeling social, I would hang out with my mom. It's different. I don't get to do that here. But I will say that similar to that quote I posted on Instagram one time, like, I feel like I'm isolated in this season of my life because I need to focus on these things. If I were in a different place and maybe if I were still in New Jersey in my relationship, I don't think that, or you never know, but part of me doesn't feel like I would have gotten to where I have gotten to with what I'm doing because right now I'm in such a season of focus because I literally don't really have much else going on. As sad as that sounds, (laughs) it sounds so bad, but yeah. (laughs) But I also don't mind it at this time too, because I feel like it's that time for me to cultivate and grow and and like really get these seeds planted and sprouted and everything so that when I do have, you know, more friendships in this area – a partner in this area and I am splitting my time in a more social way like I have like a really good uh balance going with like my work that I'll be able to properly add in other people right now I feel like the most I I can really do is like I have a couple dates here and there and even that it's like I got to I got to plan around that when I have a date like you know what I'm saying so so yeah, that really helps. I don't really have a lot else going on, honestly. Another thing is I am a bit overwhelmed and um, that's actually why I am hiring an assistant right now. Y'all probably saw the post on Instagram, but I'm hiring for a marketing assistant. It was a decision that was kind of hard for me to come to simply because I kept feeling like I didn't know if I was ready. Like I didn't know if like I would hire this person and it'd be like, oh my God, I'm not making enough money to pay them or whatever the case is. And it felt like a really hard decision to make because you know sometimes when you're in a period of growth and it's like you've gotten to a certain place where it's like you've you're you're about to go on to the next level but you feel like I don't know if I'm ready for that next level and God's like but you you, you gotta go you got to go like the level is there like it's not no you are ready because it's there you're ready because the level has appeared so it felt like that or it does feel like that and that's one of the things I had to decide is because I I am getting overwhelmed. It's like I'm burnt out. Like the past couple weekends, I've spent most of my weekend in bed. And that's very unlike me because even when I rest, I tend to be the type of person where it's like I'll be out, you know, having lunch with myself, having running errands, like cleaning the house, like, you know, just out and about, at least around my house at the very least. But I've just been in bed because I've been so exhausted. And that's kind of why I was like, I'm hitting this wall and in order for me to properly balance everything and to not constantly be hitting this burnout wall I need to bring on help and I'm trusting that by taking that leap and making that decision that I will be provided for in that next step like I think sometimes we're we're forced to face these tough decisions uh, around our growth so that we can make the decisions take the leap and then we're going to be shown so much abundance so now that I made that decision to bring someone on to officially like hire the first person uh, for manifest daily now the abundance can start to roll in because I know that I was hitting a certain block that c- I could not overcome by myself. You feel me? Like I could not overcome by myself. So hope that answers all the questions. Uh, or I hope that answers that question specifically. And a lot of it too is I try to just um batch content when I can, which I don't really do a lot, honestly, because it ends up being something where I <sighs> just be getting tired. I be getting tired. Like y'all see this episode's already what I'm looking at. It's 51 minutes long, and we have so many more questions to go. And my mouth is dry, I'm thirsty. And I'm like, I like, I can't record another episode after this because I'm be tired. I'm be so tired from talking and from thinking. So yeah, I use my calendar a lot too. But it really is just a, a tough thing where I'm just trying to prioritize and stay on top of what actually really matters to me. Work is a top priority because that is my main income source. That is that's how I fund my life. Podcast episodes are like my second priority because. That is where my growth is happening online. And I would say YouTube is like my third priority, which is why sometimes lately I think you guys have seen I haven't been doing two videos a week and I've been like missing a video here or there because if it comes down to podcast or YouTube video in any given week, I'm going to choose podcast hands down because that's that's what is experiencing that growth right now. So that's where my focus is. So I had someone ask or say toxic friends and family. My bestie and I are going through it and learning to let go of these people. So I'm gonna just refer back to the answer that I gave earlier where we were talking about leaving a job or relationship that's not serving you. Especially if you know somebody's toxic, cut them off. Cut it off, cut it off. I think- We want to make excuses for people sometimes, especially if it's like been a long friendship or something where we're like invested in the relationship with somebody. But if you are noticing someone is toxic in your life, if they're talking to you all types of crazy, disrespectful, doing shady things to you with no type of shame or remorse or anything like that, just be an overall a toxic individual. Cut that person off because you stay in friends with them. You're just going to encourage them to continue to treat you like that. And you're basically staying in a vibrational state where you are accepting or saying that that's all you want to accept in your life. The sooner you cut them off, the sooner you make room for higher vibrational friendships, relationships, people to enter your life. I think with family, it is a lot harder because with family you know, that's blood. And we're taught that, you know, blood is thicker than water and and, and what well, it is though. Right. But, but we're taught that like, you know, family is family. Like you, you don't ever go against the family type shit. But I would say really at the end of the day, like family can get cut off too. <laughs> family could get cut off too. And maybe you call me savage if you want, but I do not like people to disturb my peace. I'm very much that person where if you, if you try me and I set a boundary and you wanna try it again, I'ma block you. I'ma cut you off. I don't wanna talk to you anymore. And I, I do think that we have to be upfront about communicating our boundaries, communicating where someone has hurt us, communicating where someone has been toxic to us. Because again, sometimes these people don't know and sometimes it takes like you telling them about themselves for them to actually realize and be like, oh wait, like I need to work on this or I can't be talking to people like this or I can't be doing this, right? But if you do that and they continue, if you do that and they don't show you that they're working or trying to stop being toxic, to stop being disrespectful to you to stop being like a bad person to you then then cut them off like you just cut them off because it's only going to lead to you being more hurt, more disrespected and basically questioning your worth of higher vibrational friendships and relationships in your life. And again, the sooner you let them go, the more you open up room or the sooner you open up room for more of those higher vibrational friendships and relationships to come into your life. Okay, someone said dealing with a job you hate when you're working to be ready to leave it. Oh, I feel this. Oh, I feel this. (laughs) I don't know if I'm the right person to answer this one because I'm going to say, I'm going to say leave. <laughs> okay I will say you got to be prepared okay I've been at a couple jobs okay where I didn't like it and I hated it and I was ready to go but as a tourist, I love my stability. I love my security. And so it has always been important to me to save money before leaving. Now, I will say this. OK, we're going through y- y'all have probably seen the videos on YouTube, like the great resignation or whatever it's called, where a lot of people are quitting their jobs. There's like a lot of a lot of jobs opening up right now. If you are in a job and you hate your job, like you literally cannot stay in that place start looking for another job. Don't wait for them. Don't wait for like don't just don't wait. Just do not wait. Okay? Start looking for another job and line up another job. Now, I think sometimes people will think like if they want to go work for themselves or whatever, they want to like leave the job they hate and go right into a business for themselves, I think sometimes that can actually hurt you, especially if you are not ready for some of the sacrifices that may come with being a business owner and building your business up until it's like successful enough and financially successful enough for it to sustain you, right? So if you are going from, if you want to go from a job to your business, but say so your business isn't at that place to, to like give you the same amount of money that your job gives you, I would say go into another job, at least one that you can tolerate, one that you can like maybe learn some skills that can help you in your business. So that way it's almost like you could treat your, your job as like a, this is an internship. Like I'm learning some stuff that I could apply to my business or I'm learning some stuff that I could apply to my life. So if you really hate that job, I I don't advocate for staying at a place long if you hate it because that stress will take you out like that. That is such a uh, an awful feeling to have to go to a place and work when you hate it, when you don't like it, when the people are rude, when whatever, you know, it is that you're experiencing at your job. So if you can find another job, I would highly recommend looking into another job. There's so many remote options right now. Like there's a lot of remote jobs open right now. So depending on what your skills are, look into remote jobs, some resources. I would say Indeed.com. Indeed be having a whole bunch of mess on there, though. So you got to like filter when it comes to Indeed. There's also one that I, um, I've i DM'd a couple of people about. It's called The Mom Project. You don't have to be a mom to use it, but they often will have a lot of like virtual assistant type jobs on there, a lot of remote jobs that you can work. So if you have any sort of computer skills, any sort of uh, marketing or social media skills, you can find a remote job on there. Even if it's like part-time, pick up like two of them. And then and then look at that, you've replaced your income just from working to like part-time jobs at home. There's another site, it's called Freelancing Females. I would also highly rec- recommend that. I was just on there the other day because I almost posted the marketing assistant job for Manifest Daily on there. They had a ton, a ton of jobs on there and they were all remote. Look for a different job, don't stay there. Don't, don't stay there. Look for a different job, especially if you want to still be doing something or building something on the side and still having income from another source, it definitely helps if that other income source is one that you don't hate, you know? All right, y'all. The next one is a three-parter. Wait, why my screenshot cut off? Wait, girl, now my screenshot cut off. Oh my God. (sighs) Y'all. Oh, actually, no, it didn't cut off. I just wasn't clicking my phone right. Anyways, anyways. Okay. So this one says, I quit my corporate job and I'm chasing my dream, but most people don't understand the vision and end goal I know I can achieve. Any advice for societal views not aligning with your pursuit? I went full time as an artist back in March and created at A M A V I House, Amavi House, and am on cloud nine. So for this one, I would say that you're gonna have to like get Kind of comfortable, or at least accept the fact that there are going to be people who don't understand the decision that you've made. I know I had originally included this in the preparing to quit your nine to five episode, but I don't know if it was in like the version one or or the version two that made it out. But either way, you're going to have to get like you're going to have to accept the fact that not everyone is going to understand what you've done. Here's the thing though, there's like a quote I'm totally going to butcher it, y'all. I'll be butchering these quotes, but basically, it's something that says like. People don't understand your vision until you're like successful and that's when they kind of like can see it and that's when they want to be like oh yeah I supported you from from day one girl I was there I was there and it's like where you know where you here that's the thing like when you are given a certain vision when you have something that you really want to do in life and you pursue it especially when it's something that differs from Normal jobs or societal standards of what is considered successful or what is considered the path that you should take. There are going to be a lot of people that side eye you that feel like you're not going to make it, you're not going to be successful. You don't know what you're doing. You need to go back to corporate. You need to do this. You need to do that. And again, if you were to live your life, living for other people your entire life, you are going to be very, very sad at the end of your life when you realize that you never did the stuff that you wanted to do. So I commend you. First of all, I want to say congrats to you for launching your business, for leaving corporate and pursuing something that you really love. And the fact that you said you're on cloud nine, like, girl, you are living. Okay, you are living. I love that for you that you said you're on cloud nine because that shows that like you're doing something that you absolutely love to do. And that's what matters in this world. Like it's too many people out here doing jobs they hate. Stressing for what? Stressing for what? Like like the, the fake stuff that we think actually matters that really doesn't matter, right? So if you're doing something that you actually love and you have quit your job, you're pursuing that, I would say pursue it and, and just get comfortable with that. If people don't see or understand your vision, let them don't understand. Like uh, be like, okay, period, like just, just just let them sit there being confused. And when it gets to a certain point where you are in in societal views successful, right? Then they're gonna be like, oh, I see now. Oh, I get it. Oh, I see. And that's just it. It is what it is. I remember with my podcast, like at the very beginning when I would record it, for example, like my mom didn't get what I was doing. <laughs> like she didn't get what I was doing. When it got to the point that I was like on the top charts consistently, and specifically, I remember those one day where I was next to the Joel Um, Austin podcast I was like it was uh, Manifest Daily was like number five or something in the, the spirituality and religion chart and Joel Austin was number four and I took a picture and I sent it to my mom and she was just like oh and and that's when she kind of got it she was like wait a second and she literally said to me and I don't think she's trying to be hurtful at all she just didn't truly she couldn't fathom she literally said to me she was like I don't understand how could you be up there with Joel Austin and I wasn't hurt by what she said like I said because I knew for her it was more of like a, she couldn't necessarily fathom what it is that I was creating and for her it started to click like that's That's what she's been working on for years. Like that's, that's what's been going on when she's been in the basement recording stuff or when she, you know, on the microphone and she started to put it together. So I think that there are people that are not going to get what you are doing until they have some sort of like rule book they can use to measure your success by, or I said that weird, they're not going to get it until it measures up to like society's rule book. That that's how I should have said that. Until it like measures up to society's rule book of success, and they can say, Oh, you're making X amount of money, or oh, your your stuff is here, or oh, like whatever it is that they deem successful, they're not gonna get it. But again, it doesn't matter as long as you're on cloud nine, you're living, you're doing what you want to do, you are making an impact on this world, you are living your purpose, then do then do that and enjoy it and love that. And I think another thing too is like you got to remember you are probably so inspirational to so many people that may not tell you that people who may have worked at your old office that see you trust me they see you they might not they might not be liking your stuff on instagram they might not be saying that on facebook but they see you they see you and they're probably and some of them probably not enjoying their work and looking at what you're doing and you are inspiring them so live in your truth be happy show the journey show the process and and what you're doing because again we're not always going to measure up to society's standards of success and some of the things that we do especially if it's unconventional will not be understood by the masses and sometimes our parents our family uh our friends are included in the masses unfortunately with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. All right, y'all, we got our last four questions. Oh my God, girl, let me take us in my water. Hold on. Someone says, hey, girl, hey, girl. How you doing? She says, I'm struggling with figuring out if my current partner is my soulmate slash life. And it cut off, so I think you might say life partner. Okay, there's so many things that go into this. Like, I, it, it's so many things. Like, we need to sit down, girl. I, I feel like me and you, we gotta sit down. We gotta have us a cup of tequila. Uh, not a cup, hold on. <laughs> not a cup of tequila. A cocktail, a cocktail. Okay, gotta dilute the tequila with a little bit of ginger beer, a little bit of lime juice, but we need to sit down and talk about this because this is like, there's so many stuff that, so many things I think that go into this. But overall, I would say, if you know Someone is not for you. You know someone is not for you. The knowing if they are for you, I think, has a little bit more nuance and stuff to it. But when you know they're not for you, that that tends to be something that sits in your gut, that sits in your soul. Again, similar to what we were talking about earlier, where it's like when you know you're deserving of more, when you know you're deserving of better, and you sort of have that gut feeling and over time, it tends to get worse. I personally notice that over time, it physically affects me. Like I start to feel sick. I start to not feel at peace with the person, like all of these different things. So if it's the case of like that, you will know if someone's not for you, like your intuition, if you're tapped in, your intuition will eventually be screaming at you like, girl, get out of this relationship, stop playing with me, Okay it will be screaming at you. However, if they're your soulmate life partner, I feel like honestly, that one, in some ways, I feel like it's a choice. And let me explain this. So I believe that we have multiple soulmates. Like you have friends that are soulmates. You can have family members that are soulmates. You can have romantic connections that are soulmates. And not every soulmate has to be in your life forever. So I thoroughly believe that uh, my two past relationships, my two past like long-term relationships, those were soulmates. They taught me some of the biggest lessons that I have learned about myself, about love, about, life that I have ever learned in my life I also very thoroughly believe that some of my closest friends if not all of my closest friends are part of my soul family they're my soulmates. like they they just they just are like I know that like I know we're gonna be friends forever I know I have one friend B if you're listening that I know she was like my mom in a past life like she just gives me mom energy like I literally feel like she was my mom before there's a certain connection there where I feel like she feels very maternal to me so there's that So when it comes to romantic connections, I do believe that we have multiple soulmates available to us. Now, when it comes to life partner and soulmate, like the, the more traditional sense, I guess that people talk about it, where it's like you have that one person that you're with for the rest of your life type of thing. I think that's where choice comes, is involved. I think if you meet someone and they are a soulmate for you and it's it's clear that they're not one of the ones where they gotta teach you a lesson to leave because then you'll be feeling that like, you know, that that dread in your, in your gut. You'd be feeling instinctually that you have to leave. But if there's someone that you love and that you're getting along with and that you're just more so having the the overthinking, anxiety moments of like, ooh, like, should I like marry this person? Is this person for me? Because sometimes it really is just you overthinking. Like sometimes it literally is just you overthinking because you're afraid of committing to someone for life. Because that's also another thing. I think sometimes that comes down to choice. Like, do you want to stay with this person? Do you want to choose to, to grow through whatever with this person? Like if there are no huge red flags, if they're not someone who disturbs your peace, if there's nothing that is like... Off about them and you are in love with this person and it's just that you are overthinking the situation then it comes down to like do you want to be with this person like do you want to grow and evolve and and love this person for the rest of your life and if so then then that's your life partner like decide that's your life partner I do think however when it comes to romantic love that there's also this like idea of a spark and I think that sometimes that can make people feel as if The person that they're with is not... Their person. And often, this idea of a spark can sometimes actually be linked to you having a connection with someone that's basically a replica of a toxic connection that you observed or familiar connection that you observed. So, not necessarily always toxic. So, let me explain that. So, if you observe toxic relationships growing up, right? If you maybe your parents were in a very toxic relationship and that's what you saw, that was your model for a relationship. And then all of a sudden, you're going on these. Dates, and you keep having these like sparks. So you keep finding yourself like attracted to certain men or certain women that turn out to be toxic. Uh, It could be that you are attracted to them, that you feel that spark with them because they are so familiar to you. They represent that toxic relationship that you grew up learning, that you grew up seeing as normal. Even though it's not healthy, even though it's not what you deserve, you attract and you are attracted to those people because it is familiar to you. Now, when it comes to that, when you meet someone who is healthy, who is stable, who is, you know, a good person, who loves you, who you love, you might feel like, it's kind of boring it might be kind of like okay well it's no ups and downs it it just be stable It's, it's boring to you like you literally don't know you know what to do because it doesn't feel as chaotic as you're used to and I think sometimes we can Write off those relationships because they are boring or because we feel like they're boring. We write them off as this person can't be right for us because we're not feeling this spark and these butterflies in our stomach. When honestly, the butterflies in your stomach are often a sign, and not always, I know not always, but they're often a sign of like anxiety that you are actually having some sort of nervous system response to a certain individual that can be anxiety, like fight or flight, basically. So, if you're in a relationship with someone and it's a little bit more stable, it's a little bit more calm, and that may be why you're overthinking or questioning it. If you love this person and there are no other like red flags or not toxic, anything like that, it is up to you to choose if you want to be with that person for the rest of your life. Now, if you are feeling any of what I described earlier of like the dread or like uh, you're having, you know, something in the very back of your head or the the very bottom of your gut that's saying get out of this relationship or that you deserve better or that you shouldn't be with that person i would allow myself i know this is sometimes hard especially if it's like a long-term relationship but i would explore that a little bit if it doesn't go away and if it keeps getting louder i would listen to that i honestly would and it's it's easier said than done but that voice never lies. <laughs> like that voice never lies. Someone said, favorite thing you learned about yourself so far? Um, I would say my favorite thing that I learned about myself, especially in this year in particular, has been how strong I am. I... Yeah, that's that's literally just like my favorite thing. I feel like I've gone through a lot this year like a lot of changes specifically this year where what I knew as normal what I knew as my comfort zone what I knew as like everyday life was constantly just uprooted and turned upside down. And I had to adjust and I had to figure out how to get through, how to heal, how to cope, how to understand, how to make sense of what was happening. And it's happened so many times this year that... I feel really proud of myself that I've navigated it with such grace and such poise. Yes, I, you know, I've had times I cry. Yes, I've had times where I'm pissed. I'm frustrated. I'm irritated. I'm mad at God. I'm upset. But I've also had times where I'm grateful. I've also had times where I'm just in awe at the things that I've co-created in my life. I'm in awe at the people that I've met, the relationships I've cultivated, the way that I've risen from the ashes. So I would say my strength is definitely, def- like strength slash perseverance is definitely something I'm really proud of, especially coming from a, and this trigger warning to some of you guys, uh suicide I don't know how to do a proper trigger warning audio wise but I apologize but that is your trigger warning but um especially coming from a year in my life where I was seriously contemplating suicide and getting to a space in my life where my world can be completely rocked and I'm not turning to that space in my mind is like a huge accomplishment for me like It's a huge, huge accomplishment for me. And I'm really proud of myself to have gotten to the space by way of faith, by way of believing in a higher power, believing in myself, believing in my journey and my vision and all of these things. Favorite thing I've learned about myself is like how strong and and um, perseverant is that a word? how strong I am, how much I persevere. We'll say, we'll phrase it like that, okay? And the last question is how to trust life. (sighs) I have an episode on this that I recorded a while back when I had Patreon. And I have to see if I still have it on my laptop. I don't think so, because I think it was on the old laptop. If I do, I'll post it, because I think you'll, I think this one will help you. For now, what I will say is that you have to decide, To trust, it's not something that will just miraculously happen. It's not something that happens without your consent. You have to decide I'm going to trust the vision I was given, I'm going to trust this higher power, whether for you, you say the universe, whether you say God, whether you say Allah, whether whatever terms you use, right? Because we have all these labels, whatever it is, you have to decide that you are going to trust because that is the moment where you actually start to have like that faith in your journey and your path. Also, I would say, too, when you have faith in a higher power or when you have faith in something bigger than yourself, it definitely helps on the journey because you can be going through any particular moment of your life and you don't feel like you're going through it alone. You feel like you're being guided. You feel like you have someone who is seeing more than you can see, who is like watching out for you. It's almost like, you know, when you're a little kid and you're out with like your parents and they're holding your hand, you don't feel alone. Like you're walking with your parents. Like you might go into a mall. It might be like the first time you go into a mall, it might feel like big and scary. And there's so many people and there's so many noises and so much energy. And it's like a lot, but because you have your mom or your dad holding your hand, you feel as if you're okay. You feel safe, even though you're in this like really new kind of scary environment and it's the same thing like once you decide they're going to trust in that higher power once you decide they're going to trust the journey and path of your life you feel as if you are holding hands with something someone that can see more than you can see that is guiding you along this journey that has the best interests for you in their heart and that is looking out for you and that's that's exactly what it is so how to trust life You just have to decide like you literally have to decide that that is what you're going to do when things get hard, when you are confused, when you are upset, when you are angry. It is always a conscious decision of coming back to I trust where I'm being led, I trust this will work out. I trust I'll be okay. I trust that even though I've lost this friend, I've lost this relationship, I've lost this job, this thing has left my life. I trust that there is something better that is going to come in for me. I trust that wholeheartedly. It is definitely hard at times. I won't sit here and be like, oh, it's, you know, always easy and that's why I talk about the frustration and the anger and the disappointment and the sadness. It gets hard and sometimes those are the moments where you literally have to, lean on your trust and your faith even more because it's like in those moments when you see nothing that proves that you should have any faith in anything is when you have to consciously decide I'm going to have faith in something it is always a, a conscious decision being made but trust in that journey and trust in your path another thing that is super helpful is when you look back at your life look at how things have worked out I think all of us if we look back we have been through a lot of stuff like each one of us have our own different things that we've been through and some of the things they're still pending, they're still working out. But there are gonna be moments that you can think of in your life when you literally felt like your back was against the wall. You felt like you had nothing left. You felt like nothing was going to turn out right, but things somehow did. I like to think back to those moments for myself. For example, sometimes I'll have moments where I'm sitting in my apartment. I think back to, there were times where I was in New Jersey and like when I had first started to think about moving, to dallas or when i first started to think about moving somewhere else i remember being so afraid like like will i be crying all the time what will that look like living by myself like i like i felt like i was gonna be so afraid i felt like i literally like had this feeling of like i don't know how i could do it and here i am doing it right and so in those moments, I had a lot of fear, but I also chose to look at the the faithful aspect of it. I chose to be like, you know what? It is gonna work out because I'm being pushed to make this decision. Intuitively, I'm being called to take this leap. And I know that if I take this leap, it will work out. I don't know what is gonna happen. I don't know what it looks like, but I know that I'm being called to do this for a reason and I took the leap I made the decision there are still things in my life right now that are pending right since I've moved but a lot of things have worked out for this amazing good that I truly could never have like imagined like things have happened here that I like never would have thought would have happened but it did happen because I allowed myself to take that leap and to trust where I was being guided and being nudged so yeah I hope hope that helps I hope that answers your questions and you guys that is the end of the Q&A episode I want to thank you guys so much for sending in these questions I know I started off this episode like pretty emotional and I will say I'm still feeling a little bit raw a little bit vulnerable Um, I think I'm gonna go like read for the rest of the night but I want to let you guys know that this just answering these questions cheered me up so much and it was really fun so hopefully you ended up liking this episode I know it was like I think maybe it's the longest episode we've done or one of the longest episodes but thank you so much for sending in a question for allowing me the opportunity to answer your question for trusting my guidance or my words or for caring about what I say so thank you so much for sending in your questions I appreciate you so so much if you like this episode come let me know on Instagram um I will also add I'm gonna say this right now disclaimer you guys I have a lot of DMs I know I need to answer them I get overwhelmed okay so I'll like answer three of them at a time and then it's like I can't anymore also too because like when we be when we be DMing y'all know y'all be sending me paragraphs and I'll be sending paragraphs back and then it'd be a whole thing so I answer like a few and then I get very overwhelmed and I'm just like why am I like this but I mean it is what it is so if you've sent me a dm we'll answer it it just might take me a little bit because like I said I get very overwhelmed but I want to thank you so much for even reaching out to me for sharing your stories with me for listening to the podcast for supporting the podcast there's some fun things coming I can't wait to share with you guys and of course this is a journey And I'm so grateful to be able to share this journey with those of you guys who have decided to join me on it. So thank you again, my loves, for being here. I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your week. I believe as you guys listen to this one, I should be traveling back to Dallas because I would have gone to Maryland for Thanksgiving and I would be traveling back to Dallas as we currently listen to this. But yeah, wish me a safe flight. (laughs) But thank you, my loves, for listening, for tuning in, for being here. I appreciate you so, so much. And I will chat with you guys on Friday in the Friday episode. Bye, my loves.